1: plushcare.com slash loss. The information depicted in this podcast is purely for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle or routine. For all those men listening in, I have a special announcement that will give your balls goosebumps. So, I don't know about you, but I get pretty sick and tired of changing my razors and trimmers to groom my body hair and my balls. So I wanted to introduce you to the new and improved Manscaped lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. Now, I know many guys listening into this podcast have probably seen me topless on social media and they'll know that I'm quite a hairy dude, whether that be due to my genetics being half Italian, half Lebanese, or because I maxed out my testosterone to 988 nanograms per deciliter. I don't really know, but the fact is that I have a lot of body hair and it's always been a struggle for me. So, the Manscaped 3.0 features a cutting edge ceramic blade, which actually reduces the grooming accidents and has a pretty long battery life as well, lasting up to 90 minutes. It also features like a unique LED light as well, so that you don't ever like miss a patch of hair. So I'm a huge fan of the Manscaped 3.0. So I have a special discount code that you guys can use. If you go to manscaped.com, you can get 20% off plus free shipping by using my code Lucas10. That's L-U-C-A-S 10. Go to manscaped.com and you'll get 20% off plus free shipping by using my discount code Lucas10. All right, everyone, welcome to yet another episode of the Boost Your Biology podcast. Today, I have a special guest in with me. Um, she's also from Melbourne, so that makes it easier with like the technology and things like that. So today, we're going to be discussing all things um, nutrition, fat loss, sustainable change, habits, mindset, and all those things related to high performance and, I guess, good health in general. So, Laura, did you want to introduce my listeners on my end um, a little bit about yourself?
2: For sure. So, hi, everyone. I'm Laura. So, I run my own business, Laura Morrell Wellness. So, I specialize in my main goal, ending yo-yo dieting for women. So, that is my ultimate goal for pretty much all women. So, my big passion and focus is trying to educate women about their bodies educate them on sustainable fat loss, Um, so basically how to get healthy fat loss because that definitely is possible, how to maintain that afterwards as well and how to make it a lifestyle so um, in this society unfortunately it's very extremist so I'm pretty much bringing balance to all my girls Um, so my background I'm a nutritional practitioner, So uh, well functional nutrition so my whole goal is to identify core root issues and be able to address them so not just sort of masking symptoms um and yes I run my business and majority of my clients are women so
1: awesome so you obviously touched on um something that I guess I've seen a lot of as well as well and that is the the all or nothing sort of mentality that a lot of us a lot of us have in regards to like training and performance and things like that and of course you have a You'd have a wealth of experience personally as well in that regard. So do you want to sort of touch on um, that all or nothing mentality that a lot of us have?
2: Yeah, 100%. So I am someone who used to be an all or nothing personality. Um, I was very much an extremist. So it's pretty much going to a hardcore diet and then last as long as I could before the binge eating cycle began and then just falling off the rails and then waiting for Monday to have to start again. So I did that cycle for quite some time. And unfortunately in society, this is quite a common trend that I see with women. Um, and it does come from a few things. So one, your are like, perfectionist type mentality have to be a hundred percent or nothing is quite um, detrimental to especially females, psychology. So it's about understanding balance and being 80 to 90%, which will get you further towards your goal instead of being a hundred percent and then nothing for two weeks, six months, a year, and then having to start again. So that's something to be super mindful of. And this is pretty much why I started my whole business because it's just absolutely crazy. The percent of women who really struggle to understand fat loss but also suffer from that extremist mentality. So can't get past that sort of one week to two weeks.
1: Yeah. So what about the, um, some of the implications and some of the, I guess, the negative effects that can occur, particularly for women, um, even in relation to like their um, hormonal health, when they go to such extremes, such as like um, extreme caloric restriction, things like that
2: so many implications so first the main implication i address with women is the psychology of women of of women who experience this so if you're constantly sort of that yo-yo dieting you're causing a really negative mindset and it's very very hard to get back onto track so one thing i always say is make sure that you're addressing the psychology before you even start a fat loss journey so touching on things like self-love, really understanding why you're getting into a fat loss phase. Why do you feel you need to lose weight? Why do you feel you need to diet? Understanding the why behind or before going into a diet can be really, really sort of important to understand because some people diet for the wrong reason. So that's the first thing. Not only that, if we're not getting enough nutrients, nutrients is what enables so many processes in the body, especially for a female, like our menstrual cycle is so integral for our health it's pretty much our health marker and if we're experiencing things like loss of period like amenorrhea or irregular cycles or pms symptoms these are all red flags of health concerns so unfortunately it's become normalized to have all these symptoms um and or you go to the gp and they just put you on the pill so that itself can cause a lot of other issues so it's just like a bit of a cascade so it's super important to understand that we need to be looking after our hormonal health. So if we're not getting enough fats, enough protein, enough um, carbohydrates, we tend to start down-regulating all our hormones, which then lead to so many other symptoms. And then we end up trying to mask all those symptoms Mm. without addressing the root cause, which generally is chronic under eating. So that's probably the main things we need to address when we go into deficits for a long period of time.
1: Yeah. And what about when... um when they sort of want to like bounce back and recover from that, I guess, intense like extremist and that sort of abuse on the body, how how do you go about like restoring that balance and like how long can it take?
2: Yeah, so the first thing you want to do is find out exactly where your body's at. So I do like to get, and first thing before I say that is your perception of eating. So a lot of the time people think, oh, but I'm eating so much food and I can't lose weight. But then when I actually get them to track their food, they're eating bugger all calories, like 1,100, maybe 1,400 calories, but they feel like they're eating lots of food. So perception of eating a lot is completely warped. So that's the most important thing um, I would address before anything. And then the second thing I would look into doing is called a reverse diet. So basically it's slowly increasing your calorie intake to a healthy set point. So for example, we need at least like five, 1500 calories to even produce hydrochloric acid in our stomach. So if we're going on twelve hundred calorie diet, we're causing ourselves digestive issues. So it's super important to be able to reverse diet. And of course, if we're going down, you know, the twelve hundred or low calorie, less calories mean less nutrients as well. So reverse dieting is such an important part. And I would say ninety nine percent of my clients that come to me, the first thing I do is reverse diet them up. Otherwise they're metabolic, Um, they've gone through what's called metabolic adaptation because they're so used to being on low calories that the body's adapted to that and they do struggle to get fat loss. So if you're on 1,400 calories, where do you go? 1,200, then 800, and then you end up just eating air. So it's extremely frustrating, and this is what causes a lot of sort of that binge eating cycle as well. So reverse dieting is the first thing I go through. Um, But whilst reverse dieting, it's addressing mindset because you can't just expect someone to, I'm going to increase your calories, but if you have a fear of food, then you actually metabolize. So, for example, if I was eating a meal, and I have a negative view on it thinking, oh my God, this is going to make me fat. That actually changes the whole way that your body metabolizes that food, as opposed to looking at it, salivating, excited to eat it. It goes through much different sort of pathway to digest the food. So you need to address the mindset and educate people as well, which is what I do. Educate them on what exactly is happening inside the body, what exactly this meal is going to do, why you need these nutrients. So at least that way, when they're eating the food, they'll have such a good um, sort of digestive way of processing the food. So that's a super important thing as well. We need to address.
1: Sure. Yeah. What about um, in relation to, we're going to go a bit deeper into like some of the macronutrients um, and specifically the ones that most people fear like heading into a diet so do you want to like explore maybe like a little bit on the um you know protein fat and carbs like how people respond to them generally
2: for sure so i'll start with carbs because that's probably the one where People are most afraid to eat. So, I get my girls to like track their food before coming on board. And nine times out of 10, it's very, very low carbohydrates, or they try and avoid bread, try and avoid rice, or anything that's a carb source. So, carbs are so important for so many different things. The first thing we need to understand about carbs and why there is a fear of it is because it is hydrophilic. So carbs do love water. So basically, they're like best friends with water. So your body holds water when you eat carbs. Is that body fat? No. You would generally look leaner. But what happens is we're so addicted to scale weight that we jump on the scales and our scale is up. So then we think, oh, I've put on weight. So that's the first thing to understand. And this is why the keto diet has such a profound impact in society, I guess you can say, because as soon as you remove carbs, you're removing the water weight as well. So when you do start a keto diet, yes, you can lose quite substantial amount of scale weight, but that's not actual body fat. That's purely water weight coming off. So that's the first thing I would say about carbohydrates. Um, It's so important if you're someone who's stressed as well, you need to have it in. Um, I don't know how many girls have taken out carbs and they get high anxiety, um, high amounts of stress. They become very, like, moody as well because... Carbs do help produce tryptophan, which then helps produce serotonin. So it's super, super important. And that's what helps us sleep. So for example, someone who is quite stressed, I would generally give them like a carb backload approach from the afternoon um, and save their carbs until nighttime, introducing fats as well. So it doesn't spike the blood sugar, but at least that way it can help with their sleep. And of course, if we're looking at fat loss, sleep is so important. So we want to be making sure that our nutrition is supporting that as well. And then if we go into fats, fats are so important for hormonal health. So and a, good, uh, a good way to think of it is for a female, we want at least 0.7 times your body weight in fats for a minimum just to be able to have good um, hormonal health. So when we think about our sex hormones, we think about progesterone, estrogen, testosterone. So they're the hormones we want to make sure are balanced. So that's super important. So again, we need to have fats. It helps make cholesterol. Cholesterol is super important for the body. There's so many important things that it does that we need to be educated on. Um, So definitely for our hormonal health to ensure we have a regular period, we have healthy healthy period as well we need to make sure that we have this substantial amount of fats in our diet so you want to make sure you're getting them from good sources so avocado nuts um, good sources of oil so avocado coconut oil try and stay away from like your sunflower oils or your vegetable oils so again just learn what's good for your body and learn what's not so great for your body and you've got Protein is the one thing that girls just do not eat enough of. So again, when I get my girls to track before coming on board, probably on average, it's 40 to 60 grams per day that they're eating. Um, Unfortunately, what we are taught as well, even going through like courses I've done, they say you need at least 40 grams, which is absolutely not true. So there is conflicting information out there. So I can understand how how hard it is to know what to eat. Um, but we do need to be eating at least like 2.2 times your body weight, anywhere from sort of like, 1.8 to 2.2 times your body weight, I would recommend as a minimum, um, of protein. And that helps with, obviously with protein, we have essential amino acids and non-essential amino acids. We need to be getting the non-essential amino acids from our protein sources. So animal proteins will be your best friend. Um, Yes, I work with a lot of vegetarians and my whole goal with them is to educate them why we do need animal sources. If it's for moral reasons, that can be a little bit harder, but it's super important to understand um, that animal sources of protein are where we get a lot of the, not only amino acids, but things like our neurotransmitter production, and that's going to all help with our sleep as well. Good sleep equals fat loss. So eating more will be your best friend and making sure you're eating enough of protein, fats and carbs. So that's sort of like a basic overview of how I explain it to my girls without getting too sciencey, just so you know, you can understand that you do need to have every single like macronutrient in your diet.
1: Yeah, it's so important just to um, really respect each and every one of them because they all, they all do serve a purpose and like any sort of diet that is absolute too extreme um, is going to result in issues like downstream and cause disturbance um, yeah. somewhere else. Um, and I'm so glad that you brought up sleep being so important because, um, like, ultimately that's going to be dictating um, someone's insulin sensitivity the following day and even their cortisol response as soon as they wake up. Um, and I found it really interesting, you know, because you, you brought up the carb backloading strategy. Backloading strategy. Um, that's something I've been playing around with personally in the last maybe couple of months. So, what's your like? What's your rationale there? Like, what's what, why? Why would you implement that? And under what circumstances?
2: Yeah. So, one, I really have to understand my client's psychological state, not only their internal thought process, um, i.e what they think of themselves and you'll hear me talk a lot about self-love on my Instagram. I talk about self-love and how you feel about yourself and confidence a lot more than training. I very rarely even post training even though I specialize in biomechanics. so for me that's ultimately the biggest thing. so I definitely want to understand how my girls are feeling about themselves because for example, a the body can't tell the difference between stresses. So if I was being chased by a tiger, my stress response would be going straight into fight or flight mode. So that same response happens even if I have a thought like, oh, God, I look fat today or, God, look what rolls on my stomach. Bang, cortisol, same production. So you're basically sending the same response as being sort of chased by a tiger. So the most important thing is mindset and addressing your thoughts. So even if you have the world's perfect diet, um, you're in a deficit, you're sleeping well, but you have negative thoughts, it can spiral a whole cortisol effect and affect fat loss. And not only that, it's just exhausting having to diet when you're constantly thinking negative about yourself. So that's the first thing I address is definitely the psychological aspect of my, um, of my clients. Then you want to sort of understand what environmental triggers that they have, um, what there's over a thousand triggers of pretty much cortisol. So for example, you have work pressure, financial pressure, home pressure, and then you've got dietary sort of triggers. So you've got gluten, dairy, inflammatory foods, um, foods that you're intolerant to. So there's so many triggers. So you need to identify what is the cause of your stress personally. It's not one size fits all. Um, So once I've identified what type of stress it is, I can then address their core issue with their stress and If I know that they're not sleeping well, then I'll start to include a little bit more carbohydrates in the afternoon and nighttime to just get improved their serotonin. So a really important thing to understand is if we're constantly in chronic stress, we deplete our B vitamins, which is essential to the precursor to be able to make serotonin to be able to sleep well. Now, if we have a poor diet and we're not getting B vitamins, then we're stressed on top of that. It's just a whole bomb of explosions going on in the body. So you want to address it one thing at a time. So one psychological, and then you want to figure out the exact triggers that's going on. And then you want to make sure your nutrition is on point as well. And that's when I'd start to include a little bit more carbs later on in the day, which you need to be able to understand why you're eating it. Otherwise, if you just said to someone that's never eaten carbs before, here's all your carbs at night time they're going to freak out. So <laughs> education is definitely the most important part.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. What about um, what about touching on a little bit uh, in relation to, I guess, like um, reliance upon the patient's symptoms versus blood test results? You know, like there's always a clash yeah. between like, you know, oh, do I get testing done or would you rather just proceed and we'll just evaluate things as we go? What's your sort of stance in regards to like undergoing blood tests work?
2: 100%. So do I incorporate it in my coaching? Absolutely. But the first phase is just cleaning up someone's pretty much lifestyle and nutrition. So if you came to me and you've got not great nutrition at the moment, your sleep's pretty poor, your stress is poor, I guarantee your blood markers are going to be all over the shop. Um, Hormones will be downregulated, inflammation markers will be up. So before going into that, you want to develop a good foundation first. So my phase one is always building that foundation. So there's no point getting tests done and saying, okay, well, these are all your markers. Um, This is the nutrition you need to be eating. But they don't have a foundation of understanding how to eat correctly, how many meals per day they need to eat. Um, just creating habits in general. I think a lot of people have poor habits and they need to understand the science of creating new habits and breaking poor habits as well. So you need that foundation. So my foundation first is building all of that, get them into a healthy lifestyle, get them building sustainable habits. That way when we go down the path of having blood tests and we, they would have changed. If you had someone that came to me, had bloods and then you go through phase one, of cleaning up the nutrition, get bloods again, it'll be very different. So first of all, just clean it all up, then get bloods. And then you can really identify any issues that are sort of ongoing as well. So I do implement it, but it's more down the second, third phase, if they have chronic symptoms that we need to address. So if they've got those symptoms, it's important to understand the core issue instead of just, okay, I'm constipated. Bang, here's a tablet. It's going to help you go to the toilet. Not treating the core issue whatsoever. Again, it's just treating a symptom. So blood tests help you sort of identify. And it's like a puzzle. And this is what I love about blood tests. Um, and I work with, you know, Holly Sinclair, love her. So every time I have a client, it's like working out a puzzle of, okay, these are all the symptoms and trying to figure out what the core issue could be. Because a lot of the symptoms can cause another symptom, which causes another symptom. And then it's just a whole mess. So identify the root core issues by blood tests is a really good way of sort of optimizing your health.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I like that approach. Um, I guess like blending in that understanding the patient, their symptoms, and sort of matching it. And it is. It really is a puzzle. It is like you're trying to. Oh, yeah. it's, you're, you're literally like playing detective and like you analysing their work and, and matching it with their symptoms, and then um, it's definitely very empowering when you figure when you get to the root cause of something, and particularly for the patient as well. Like um, when they finally figure out, oh, that's what the like that's where it all that's where it all started. That is a definitely yeah. like, very, I guess, empowering and very rewarding um, for the patient. So what about, you mentioned um, a little bit on breaking bad habits. So do you want to sort of, I know that's something that like, I guess all of us, were in lockdown. So I guess some of those bad habits may be coming to surface a little bit more than usual. So what about like some, what are some strategies and steps that you've like, you know, integrated to help people with some of those bad habits?
2: Yeah. So for me, the, instead of me just saying, I know everyone knows the 21 day rule of you need to do it for 21 days. For me, when I teach my clients, I explain to them the science behind why we need to do something for a certain amount of time. So when it comes to our brain, and this is really cool to understand. Now, this is a very like um, easy overview of how the brain works when it comes to like creating habits. We want to create any type of habit, neurons connect and become very, very close. So I always say to my clients, like, you want the neurons to become like best friends and they're connect- connected by what's called a synapses. So in order to get those neurons to connect, i.e. if I wake up every morning, have my bone broth, I need to perform that every single day to connect those neurons. Now, what happens overnight, and again, this is why sleep is so important because your brain goes through a filtering process. So basically it, it go, it's so efficient. The brain is remarkable. It goes through all your habits that you currently have and anything that's not strong, strongly connected, it goes through what process is synaptic. So basically it cuts off the synapses the of the new, what's binding the neurons and that separates and then that habit stops. So if I was really good for like, say, for example, three or four months, I just get up and have my own rock don't think about it. It's part of my subconscious, it's like brushing my teeth. So the brain knows that's a priority, it's needed for survival. But if I start, okay, one day didn't have it, two days didn't have it, three days didn't have it, now I'm having it twice a week, those neurons start disconnecting. And basically that is telling the brain that's not essential, it's not important. So then it will cut that off and basically break that habit. So I think it's super important for, and again, that's just a very, very basic overview. It's much more complex. But if you can understand that you're more inclined to want to stick to a habit. So once you understand that, instead of me just saying, okay, cool, you need to walk, we're in lockdown now, we need to make sure that, you know, we are got to create a routine you don't understand that you need to do it every single day with frequency then it's not going to happen and this is what happens with a lot of people who um, have tried diets before you try it you do it for a week doesn't work and you say it doesn't work for me i'm not doing it again so you haven't allowed the brain to do its process of making it a habit so that's basically the first thing i teach is educate and then when it comes to creating habits it's about sustainable change too much change your body resists your brain resists um i'm very big on human needs as well so one of our human needs is certainty so if we if we are changing so much it's too much change for the body it needs certainty. So this is why, for example, females will go back to the same guy even if have treated them bad or you go to the same diet, you know it doesn't work um, because your brain knows the outcome even though it's a negative outcome. It's a comfort for the body. So this is why small changes are optimal changes. So you want to start very, very slowly. So, for example, if I have someone who no idea about nutrition, um, doesn't know what to eat, start with basics like i just want you to have two good meals a day not even three breakfast and lunch is yours dinner eat whatever and then once that becomes a solid habit let's go to three and then we start looking at maybe adding in some walking before even at like starting training and this is why i say it's not a 12-week process so if you're don't have a good foundation and you're expecting all these changes to happen in 12 weeks, you're pretty much kidding yourself up, kidding yourself and setting yourself up for disaster. So, and I think this is why a lot of 12 week diets don't work. And we have your dieting because for 12 weeks, you're expected to completely change your whole life. But then after the 12 weeks, your body goes back to your default setting. And your default setting is all your previous habits. So that's one thing you need to change. You need to create a whole default setting. You need to create a whole lot of habits in your subconscious, um, because the habits you do now are part of your subconscious. So they could be negative. Waking up, going on Instagram—that's part of your subconscious. You need to be self-aware before you can change those habits. Mm. So it's probably the most complex part of any fat loss journey is creating habits. As easy as that sounds, though. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah you're definitely right there um, <clears throat> definitely one of the hardest things I guess anytime some, somebody wants to approach a new diet um, and also the expectations that we have um, and in particular with some of the like aggressive dieting strategies they can be um, yeah they can be really damaging to I guess people's um, morale and and um, really affect their their relationship with food like you mentioned at the very start um so what i guess like from a like a like a performance slash body body composition perspective i know you don't really spend much time in that realm like with um high like bikini modeling and things like that unless you do i don't know have you are you spending much time in that in that space or
2: I personally myself, so I did that for about five years, but I don't take on clients to comp prep. The only time I ever would is someone who's been with me for a good one to two years. I know they're in the right headspace. I know they're on high calories, and then I'll feel comfortable with that, it. but it's not really something I specialize in as I, yeah, it's not something I really specialize in. I'm really specializing in. i probably don't
1: want to actually yeah yeah that's fair
2: unless it's myself i'm happy to muck around myself though
1: self-experiments yeah of course yeah um so well then i guess from a sustainability aspect what is what can somebody i guess if their if their goal is um like progressive sustainable fat loss um and they're, Mm -hmm. they're willing to commit to it for many many months, um, what what is a realistic? I know it differs like for individuals, but like what's a, what's a, an approach that is at least going to be sustainable? Like, are we talking? I don't know, like five hundred grams per week, or like what what, what have you seen in that realm?
2: Yeah. So for sustainable fat loss, you're looking at around 500 grams to a kilo per week. Obviously, it will start to be that kilo per week at the start and then drop back gradually. Um, but this is when listening to your biofeedback markers are so important because if you go on a diet, yes, a diet is when you're eating less than your maintenance. Yes, you will get fat loss, but you will eventually plateau. But the important thing you want to do is to your body. So what happens all the time, and this is where... Your fat loss journey then plateaus and then it turns into a binge eating cycle because you're not getting results anymore. So um, by listening to biofeedback markers, you can tell when your body needs to be refed with more food. And this is where sustainable fat loss or healthy fat loss is possible. So every week my girls complete... Their biofeedback markers. So it takes them like five or 10 minutes. But one, it's a really good reflection on their week. Have they been compliant to their steps? Have they been training? Have they been doing their mindfulness activities? So it allows you to be like, oh, I've been doing everything really good, but I haven't seen the results. You can actually put pen to paper and see, okay, no, I didn't hit all my steps. So biofeedback markers is your hunger, it's your libido, it's your sleep, it's your energy levels. All of that is so important. So what generally happens is I go on a diet or someone goes on to a diet, then we get so exhausted, our sleep starts to be compromised. We start waking up, start getting agitated, we start snapping at our partners, we keep pushing through, which people call mental strength, um, which I have my own definition of that, but that's, yep, yeah, mental strength, push through, um, keep eating the deficit, and then all your hormones start down regulating. And then all of a sudden, you can't lose weight, but you're on 1,500 calories. So then you remove more. And then that's where you go through what we spoke about before the whole metabolic adaptation. So what you want to do for sustainable fat loss is, one, reverse diet yourself. So you're starting at a healthy set point. So I like to get my girls to 2,200 as a minimum. Um, Generally, I like them around the 2,500 mark and then diet them down. So that way they're dieting down on... 18 1,900 calories, which if you're 18 1,900 calories, you're still producing enough um, hydrochloric acid for digestion. Enzymes are being produced. Um, You're getting enough nutrients in because when you're in a deficit, you're also in a nutrient deficit. So that's something to be mindful of. So you want to make sure that yes, you can go into a deficit after you've been reverse dieted. And then when you start feeling the sleep compromised, you start feeling your libido drop, you start feeling you're snapping more and sort of agitated, you want to refeed. So you want to increase your food, specifically carbohydrates, given that you're eating enough protein and fats, the minimum that you need. Um, you then want to increase your carbohydrates to restore all your hormonal markers. So you can either do two things like a refeed of two to, two to three days Or you can go on a diet break. So I like to, it depends for me on the psychological state of my client. Are they incredibly sick of dieting? Um, Or if they just, you know, just need to rebalance their hormones a little bit, it'll just be a two to three day break. And then you can go back into a deficit after that. So at least you're going, and that's what becomes a sustainable health or fat loss journey. So it's about listening to your body and forget the whole mental strength of pushing through. And start reconnecting with your body because that's what we've forgotten how to do. We don't know how to eat anymore. We don't know what to eat. So the important thing is now teaching my clients like how to actually listen to their body and tell me when they need to be refed, as opposed to me saying, No, you're fine, keep going, push through, like toughen up, princess. Like that type of mentality needs to go in the industry. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I would have to agree there. there. That that sort of entrepreneurial mindset of like just push through and grind it out, the hustle mentality. Whilst I think it can be beneficial under certain certain conditions and circumstances, um, applying that to everyone is like it's a critical, uh, it's going to cause critical damage. So definitely something people need to be way more aware of and in particular in regards to like, um, the people you hang out with, um, just be careful their mindset because that's definitely contagious. You know that um that mentality. So what about um, you? Also discussed a little bit on um, confusion around food. Where do you think majority of that sort of stems from? The like lack of just complete confusion.
2: Oh, a couple of things. So first of all, social media. <laughs> um, yeah, social media is probably the biggest thing that affects our knowledge of sort of what to eat. So it's it contradicts things. So keto, high-carb, low-carb juices, fasting, like it's absolutely exhausting and it's not really personalised for your body. So that's where I think a lot of the confusion comes from. But then I also think there's a bit of a hit and miss or a disconnect between like... Um, sort of how I teach, which is very functional compared to if you go to the doctor or the GP and they'll just say, yep, cool, just take out carbs or, you know, just go on this pill. So there is a massive disconnect because we trust GPs but we're not getting enough sort of education around what nutrition. So, for example, like if someone comes to me with PCOS or endo or hormonal condition or thyroid condition, Straightaway, GP is more be inclined to like prescribe uh, Roxton or s- some sort of um, some sort of um, medication without really addressing. So, what should you be eating for your body? So that's where it can be conflicting as well. It's like who to trust in the industry. Um, so I would say these two brain why it's so conflicting, and the third probably actually really important is you know influencers now, which all for influencers. I'm like I'm great that we have them. It gets people motivated. But what works for that person might not work for you. And this is where it's really, really important to understand what works for your body. So this is where I tell my clients to unfollow everyone that can cause like a negative association with themselves and just follow those who positively inspires them, um, who generally offers education um, that's not, this worked for me, so you should do it too. Like, for example, I actually feel very, you might not, I was in a bit of a mood <laughs> about Adele and her fat loss series. I was watching it on um, nine news or something. And she went on a thousand calorie diet, phytonutrients, which basically is just like eat, eating healthy. But uh, she, she went on a thousand calories, like a thousand calories on my breakfast. It is insane. So of course this went on the news. So millions of women around the world will probably cool. I need to go on a thousand calories. Then, as we spoke about, downregulate all your hormones, the whole binge eating cycle happens. Um, and, like, another example is at Oprah, she came out with a thyroid issue. Now, everyone has, you know, most women think they have a thyroid issue. So, celebrities and influencers have such a big impact on women. And this is why I'm a big believer in limiting social media and being very controlled with who you follow as well. Otherwise, it's confusing. I've been there.
1: <laughs> it definitely is, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, that's that's really interesting. I I didn't I didn't know that about um some of those influences like preaching some of those like um the thousand calories. Like that's that's insane.
2: That's insane. So that's- insane. Like I would i would be so grumpy on a thousand calories. I've done it before. I was like a zombie. <laughs> Crazy. So-
1: I guess you also um, discussed a little bit on like now you're placing much more emphasis around like that self-love and you know building up that self-confidence and things like that. So what I know that I've got you know people in my circle that have their own strategies to really like nurture that and build up that self-love but what are some of the things that you like to you know enforce and encourage with, with your clients?
2: Yeah, and I like to say, like, love is not something where you wake up and you say to yourself, "You're beautiful, you're this, you're that," because your brain doesn't really work like that. Like, yes, fake it till you make it. So I'll tell yourself you're beautiful, but it's so much more complex than that. So a good thing I like to say is like, when it, especially when it comes to fat loss. Don't expect loving yourself at the end when you've dropped the weight. There's much, much, much more going on. So it's about understanding, for example, why you want to have fat loss. Dig deeper to the why. People tend to want to change their appearance because of other triggers. And a lot of the time when I dig deeper with my clients, it's like a fear of losing their partner or a fear of what people think of them. So it's about understanding one person's trigger, first of all, and then there's so many ways we can, like, for me, self-love is choosing to put good food in my body. That's an act of self-love. So we want to be doing act of self-love throughout our day because that's when we start to fall in love with ourselves. And I always say, like, I am a very secure person. I never wish to be anyone else. Was I always like this? No. Is it like a cocky type of thing? No. People generally need to have self-love to feel secure in their body. So especially if I was to get pregnant, like my body's going to change, but I'm okay with body changing because I'm very happy with who I am. Um, I'm very happy with my body. So I'm doing a fat loss series soon where I'm personally going to go through a fat loss journey. Haven't done it since I competed. I'm in a position to do it because I'm very secure I love my body no matter what. So I can demonstrate a healthy fat loss. So some things I like my girls to do is one, journaling. Gratitude journaling is so important. Um, We want to change our perception on things. So a lot of the time we have negative self-chatter, which is constant. It's like a constant battle. So one thing I always say to my girls is every time you have that negative chatter, I want you to imagine that you're talking to someone else like that. So you would never say to someone, oh, you're so fat today. You're so bloated today. Like, What's wrong with you? Why so dumb? You would never, unless you're a horrible person, you would never, ever say that to a person. So first it's about being self-aware of your own negative thoughts. And then I start teaching what's called, I don't know if you've ever heard of like, um, there's books called like Chimp Paradox and um, the, uh, the, one? The, the Monkey Mind is a really good one. So it's about like listening to the voice in your head and calling bullshit on it when it's saying these negative things. So a big thing I teach is your thoughts are not true. Your thoughts are simply things that you've created, which is a figment of your imagination, and you need to start calling BS on things that aren't true. Because if I sit here and say, oh, God, I look so fat today, that is not true. That is an opinion I've created to reality of someone else looking in they would be like, oh, no, not fat it's really important to understand and become self-aware with the negative chatter going on in your head and start to override that process. So start to change the negative chatter to positive chatter, which comes into sort of requiring your whole brain process. So we're mainly negative because it's easier. It literally fires less neurons to be negative. So, people default to that because it's an easier solution. Whereas, we want to change that to positive. So the thing I get my girls to do is morning and night, even if it's just gratitude journaling, writing three things that happened in their day um, that they're grateful for, three things at night time and starting to do journaling. And also future journaling is super, super powerful as well. So they're probably the main things I look at when it comes to learning to start sort of loving yourself. So definitely um, journaling, understanding the self-chatter in your head, as well as sort of... um, Doing acts of self-love, so moving your body to feel good, eating to feel good, you know, meditating because you know you need to calm down, things like that.
1: Yeah, there's some absolutely golden nuggets there. They're really, um, really beneficial. I think a lot of my listeners are going to love to hear a lot of those things. So, really, um, yeah, really, I really think they're they're very empowering um, suggestions, and um, it's so important, I guess, like. Particularly in the realm of like this whole fitness space and um, like general health and well being, like, it really is, it does come back to the mindset. Um, and to have these tools to then implement them and to understand that the food that we eat is going to be affecting our thoughts. If like, if we can educate people and, and tell them like this is what's going to happen if you don't have enough proteins, what's going to happen if you don't have enough carbohydrates, things like that, it's going to affect your hormones, then it's going to affect your sleep and then you're just struggling, you wake up and you're like, uh, I've just, you know, like I've had a, I've I've slept poorly and you're wondering why you've got all these negative thoughts. It's so, it's so important to be like, to understand the bigger picture, like the real, the holistic picture. And
2: you touched on something important there as well about like nutrition. Nutrition plays a big part in self-love, which people don't really make that connection. But of course, like, um, if we're not eating the right nutrition, our neurotransmitter production is compromised. So we're not making as much dopamine or serotonin, which are our two key main players. When it comes to, one, confidence, and, you know, that can-do attitude and that drive and motivation, and then, two, serotonin, which makes us feel sort of calm and happy, so if our... Nutrition or lifestyle, aka stress and everything, is not optimal. We then down regulate because then we're you know stress stress than we're than trying to this and trying to do that, that but not, not like, by being able to create or produce dopamine or serotonin. Then that's going to affect the whole process as well. So yes, nutrition is absolutely key when it comes to self love too.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, we're getting to the um, we're getting to the end of the show, Laura. It's been it's been. Having you on, um, I think, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of value um, here for for my listeners. So, um, did you want to like leave uh, your socials, let let people know where they can find you or work with you?
2: Yeah, for sure. So, um, well, you can jump on my Instagram, which is just Laura Morrell Wellness. So um, I'll be posting a lot more of what's coming up. So I will have like a website soon. <laughs> I'm pretty behind in everything and I'm developing a course at the moment as well. So a lot more is going to be sort of published on there. Um, but the best way to contact me would be through my Instagram at the moment. And I've got an application form. So if you are looking to find out a little bit more, you can always just fill in the app form on my Instagram.
1: Awesome. Um, And also for those listening in, um, this is just another little reminder that I also have my sleep, my free sleep masterclass that you guys can join. um, Seeing seeing as though we discussed a a little bit on sleep. Um, Yeah, make the most of that because I built that from scratch and I've presented it at a few seminars and things like that. So definitely, definitely check that out. You'll be able to find that um, on my website, ergogenic.health. But thanks Thanks so much for joining in today, Laura. It's been um yeah, it's been a pleasure having you on.
2: Um, awesome. Thank you so well, much. I loved it. Thank you. It
1: was good. It was great. All right. Thanks. Thanks everyone. Thank you.
2: Awesome. Thanks, guys. See ya.
1: Thank you everyone for joining in to today's episode. For in-depth show notes and lessons learned, visit nofilter.media forward slash boost